0: all things automotive with the petrol head Nico smith
1: hello Nico. how are you on the couch with coffee i am sure
0: yes but yo it's cold in pretoria it was raining last night and yeah. uh, it's a it's weird for winter to have such a a wet morning so it's really cold outside there's a wind blowing so um, yeah, it's no joke.
1: <laughs> so maybe you and I could just start that song, "Baby, It's Cold Outside," and then you can just respond to it, da- 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 whatever. Okay? Yes, I, I'm singing, singing.
0: You know what things that you can do and things that you can't do, and singing is up the uh, high up there, which is what I cannot do.
1: Fantastic! Then, I, well, I, I'm can... saying, I, I that that,
0: trip that sorry, your interview, the whole it sounds so fascinating. That I really wish I could partake in something like that. That just sounds like an adventure of a lifetime.
1: That is, I mean, how extraordinary. I I think I would be terrified, though. You know, if you read through actually some of their experiences, you know, people shoving guns in their faces and that kind of thing. Um, It's really quite extraordinary. I just do want to ask you, though, is that if we look at they're they're doing this thing in those um, landies. Mm-hmm. Is that for you the best car? I mean, some people might say um, Toyota Land Cruiser, some people. What do you think is the best car for a trip of oh, that nature?
0: You know what? I, I love those Landys. Um, um, since the Fender was launched, um, um, I've always really been a fan of those cars. And um, you can always say other manufacturers have very good cars, but I think those, you know, the Fenders are excellent. As yeah. you can see, look where they're going without any issues. Um, they've driven through um, some brief-up places. So, I would say that's a fabulous car to do the trip in because they're comfortable. Um, I didn't know exactly the spec of the cars. I, I guess they'd probably be two litres to give them good fuel consumption, um, you know, with also good range. Um, they're really comfortable inside because what you want as well, imagine if you're driving that far. I would want a car that's also comfortable inside and a comfortable drive. I'm not sure if I chose the cars with air suspension probably as well um, because with air suspension, if you really get to roads that are, are, are quite bad, you want to lift the car. So... Yeah. And being able to lift the car uh, uh, over bad, uh, you know, over tough roads. So I, I, I guess, uh, but maybe they've got the speed to diesel, so I don't know what engines. Um, but it's obviously about being able to get a range because you need far distances. And then also the quality of, and again, uh, these are things I'm just assuming. I have no information.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm just trying to, you know, if I had to do this, we also have to say we have to have engines that can run on very dirty diesel because. Uh, in Africa, if you're looking for diesel, sometimes the diesel isn't clean.
1: Um, yeah. And that
0: definitely will affect the high performance diesel engine. So you also need a diesel that can run on dirtier diesel. Um, so I would say those cars would be fabulous to drive, you know, that trip in. Um, and of course, now think about the variation. You're going from, from I saw some pictures where they were in, in a desert. It looks like, you know, then you're going through very hot areas in, in, in Africa through the equator. And um, so hot and dry, you're going through. Hot and wet, you're going through snow and ice. so um, And, and also the off road capability, and I've taken them off as well. Of course, the fin is are fabulous. So I think it's a great car to do it.
1: So, talking about uh, various different choice cars, um, one of our listeners says, he has a question for you. If you live in a place that has, and this would be anybody who's maybe going on a road trip, much like Kingsley Hall Gate, closer to home, Nico, have you got a cough? Are you no, sa- I've got a,
0: I've got a, I don't know, it's got a little bit of a cough this
1: Oh, you must. Okay, take but a keep hot, going, keep going. Hot water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, if you live in a place that has more potholes than roads in the Eastern Cape, <laughs> which option would you go for? The Wrangler, the Grand Cherokee, the Discoverer, or the Hummer H3? Not the Hummer. We're slashing that off your list right away. You
0: know, um, you know all three of those cars, um, just give me the choices. Again, it's like a, a Wrangler.
1: A Wrangler, a Grand Cherokee, a Discovery – a Wrangler, a Grand Cherokee, or a Discovery?
0: Discovery. Um, The thing is, I would – if you're living in an area, you need to look for support for the cars. You know, where can you service those cars? So um, I've always been a a big – I've always liked Wranglers when it gets to off roading You that's a capable vehicle. A Wrangler is really, when it gets to off roading extremely capable. But the thing is, is there support for your Cherokee and your Wrangler? Where's the closest um, Jeep dealer? And um, That's the thing for me when I service, because all three of those cars would be great. The Discovery is well, but is it a new Discovery? Is it an older Discovery? That also would affect would my choice. If I just have to say, for entertainment and fun purposes, I've always liked Wranglers when it comes to off-roading. On the road, um, a different story, but if you're going off-roading, Wranglers are very capable.
1: <clears throat> okay. So, 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 so Michelle, do you, do you
0: know that if I give you um, three words, yes, you could be able to tell where Kingsley Holgate is. Are you aware of that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's, that, it's the it's ma- the it's the three words mapping system.
0: That's it. What three words? So what three words um, is a mapping system that's actually now, and we're talking about Landovers. Um, it's actually now available in Land Rover. So Land Rover has said that they've incorporated What3Words. So let's just quickly go. No, what exactly really? is, is What3Words? Yeah, so what exactly we interviewed what three the guy words.
1: from What3Words. We interviewed yeah, exactly. the guy who created the app.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So um, effectively, just as a quick overview again, it's the world's yeah. divided into three-by-three-meter squares, um, yeah. and each of those squares have a name or have three words that tell you where that is. So as an example, outside the SADC in Joburg, if you look at a recipient, snail, and headache, you will get um, one of the squares. I just took the square outside the SADC. So yeah. the whole world in this three, three by three grid, uh, again, you know about this, I'm just giving an overview. But what Land Rover has now done is they've incorporated that into the navigation system. So, of course, navigation uses satellites. So, satellites is a major way of finding um, your position. But they've now also, you can do an over the air soft data update, and you can then have. What three words um, to navigate your vehicle, and um, if you're battling with signal? So that's quite cool, of course. Um, but what, what's interesting is that it is through a company called Here, H E R E. So, yeah. um, so Here is actually not only a supplier to navigation maps for Land Rover, but they're actually a supplier to navigation maps for other manufacturers as well. So. Um, but um, so a lot of the time when we think about cars, we think that the manufacturer does everything themselves. So they develop from the ABS to the body panels, to the navigation system, and to the gearbox. And a lot of the time, uh, it's also about a supplier that supplies to certain man- like Bosch. Bosch would be a huge mani- a supplier to manufacturers. And a lot of cars on the road actually have um, um, parts that are from Bosch. But this is quite interesting, this, this um, what words. And yeah. You can, if Holgate gives us the three words where he is right now, we can tell exactly on the map. Type in the three words, and there's his exact location in a three by three meter block.
1: You know, it's interesting because um, one of the reasons the What Three Words was created was for the, the exact issue that someone um, like uh, Holgate or whatever, those guys would have to deal with. So, from my understanding, was it, you know, we, there's so many places. Um, we can just look at the continent and in rural areas, etc., um, where where people don't have very specific addresses. Now, should they need medical help or an ambulance, the way what three words works, as you say, is it just it's it's the creation of a three by three square meter grid, and so they would just go and and every grid has 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 the words, and then your words. What were your words for the SABC?
0: Let me just find them again. Um, Where do I get them? Uh, They were recipient, snail, and headache.
1: So if an ambulance was looking up, um, wanted to come and pick you up from from the SABC, I know you're not there now, but um, if they wanted to come and pick you up, they would then go and look for those three words um, on the grid, on the mapping system, and they would be able to find you. And it's just a brilliant, brilliant way to start to say, okay, fine, how do we get to people who may not have specific addresses, whose addresses may be, um, you know, and all of our addresses at some point are not, are not clear or whatever. I mean, I wonder why, why Uber doesn't use it, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, there's a, exactly. There's a few companies that could actually use it. Sometimes people are just slow to adopt it. But, um, I mean, it's, it's a three-by-three-meter block, so it is extremely exact. Um, to yeah. where this is, and if you click a block just next to it, suddenly you've got three completely different words. So um, it's interesting. I also wonder how they work out the words. There so probably is some some random way of working. Nobody nobody sat somewhere and assigned a square to e- a name to each square. Um, but obviously, yeah, it, is, it's an interesting thing. So um, uh, Land Rover, yes, in Land Rover now you are able to use what three words? It's an over-the-air update. So obviously, you have to do the update. And a lot of manufacturers actually work like that now. Where um, They um, have SIM cards built into the cars. If you look at the, the, um, especially the the premium manufacturers, RD, BMW, Status Jaguar, Land Rover, um, Volvo, they all now come with, most of their cars come with built-in SIM cards um, with SOS functions, um, uh, and that also then includes the fact that you can update the, the software for your maps, for instance, over the air, just because before, um, you have to go into a dealer uh, and to update the maps, and that can sometimes be a pain. And initially, actually, manufacturers ask you uh, extra money to update your maps. But now, if your car has a built-in SIM card, of course, the updates happen over the air. So that's also quite quite interesting. Um, it, it, it's, it's, you know, that actually goes a little bit further than the fact that you can do updates over the air, because um, you can then also add and uh, add features. So some manufacturers have what they call function on demand overseas. So yeah. um, Tesla famously had that actually, you know, for a while already. The cars, effectively think, come with all the features, all, all the, all the um, sensors and systems built in, but they're not activated. So feature on demand or function on demand is we're going to see that more and more in the future. You can say, listen, I like this function. Um, I'd like to try it for a month. So you pay a fee and then you try it for a month. Yeah. And if you like it, then you use it, um, then you buy it. Or you just say, listen, I'm going to drive a lot in this month. Well, I'm going on holiday. I'd like the adaptive cruise control. Then you book, uh, you, you pay for that for a month and you use it for a month. And after that, the, the function disappears again. So, again, that's how do, a, how does that again, So, how does
1: that, how does that actually work?
0: So, obviously, um, uh, actually, interesting. I was chatting about, you know, somebody at work about that yesterday. So, how that would work is that, well, let's take adaptive cruise control. So, what you yeah. would need is you need a radar sensor. Uh, for that to work, it, it works with a radar sensor. So the car comes with a built-in radar sensor. You need to have a stalk or it uh, done on the steering wheel. So it depends on the manufacturer. Some cars have a dedicated stalk for that. Some have a the function on the steering wheel. So you then have to have that button inside the car as well. or that that it's a stalk. You have to have the stalk. Then you'll see when you t- um, Click the button, it doesn't actually work. So in other words, it just says function unavailable. available. But in the yeah. car's menu system, where you see radio and nav- navigation and all those functions, would be a, 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 a menu that says function on demand. And when you click on function on demand, those that are available would appear, and you like something, you click on it. Um, And then, effectively, you you choose how long you want it, and that's how it works. So, that's how easy it is. But this is, again, not in South Africa. So, I'm talking about a system that's not yet available in South Africa, but already available in Europe for quite a few manufacturers. So, effectively, the car has everything built in. They don't really work. In other words, they're not activated. But when you activate the function of demand, you'll have that system then working for the time that you choose. So, you can initially buy the car with that or you can activate it for the rest of the life of the car, or you can subscribe to try us say, for a month. And you try for a month and you say, hang on, I don't actually like this. It's okay. Um, so you, whatever the fee Of course, it's a way for manufacturers to make more money because um, they can actually then make more money of these um, systems. And also, it, it could be a benefit for you because you can tell if you try it, well, I don't like it, or yes, I like it, and I can pay for it.
1: So does this mean that uh, we could see cars in the future that are, I mean, this is maybe taking it to extremes that are simply uh, w- what would the word be? Where you buy the basic and then you get the add ons that would be, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that you get yes. you get the basic car and then you can have this function on demand, that function on demand. I can then you have uh, today, I want a really smart, zooty car because I'm taking someone out for lunch and I want them to think I'm amazing. Or tomorrow, <laughs> I'm. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, remember, it's obviously not going to be, let's say, your wheel. So um, it's not going to be a set of mags that, you know, change magically. Uh, But it would be um, electronic systems in the car, whether it would be the fact that maybe your car doesn't have navigation and you could choose a navigation. It could be the the LED lights um, uh, that you now have a matrix function to your LED lights. Um, It could be the fact that you have assist systems like a a lane-keeping assist or a blind spot warning system. Um, It could be that you have a smartphone interface. So those are the things. It it could even be an upgraded sound system if you think about it, because you could say, listen, well, when you listen, we deactivate it. Let's say we deactivate the subwoofer, and if you want want better sound, you pay a bit more, and then suddenly the subwoofer works. It's it's almost like that. So that's the principle of this, where um, you're paying extra for functions that you could have, Um, but the idea then is that the cars have everything built in, but they're not activated. The same with Tesla, for instance. If you want, um, with Tesla, they have um the system that um I forget now the names um but they their type of adaptive, they let's not call it autonomous driving but because it really isn't but the system that drives or assists you in driving, you pay extra for that, actually quite a lot of money. But the cars already come with all with the camera and the, the radar sensors built in. Or the camera res and the radar sensor built into the car. You simply activate by choosing if you want it.
1: Don't forget, we're chatting to Nico, our petrol head. And if you've got any questions for him, you're welcome to WhatsApp us, SMS us, phone us, or even uh, uh, send it through on Twitter. Nico, we have got a question around uh, the new tyres that are being spoken about. That you may never have to change them again. Do you know anything about that?
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about tyres you never have to change again because um, it'll be a yeah. You know, so tyres. Um, What's the function of a tire? So a tire has a few functions. Um, it has to absorb the evenness in the road. Um, it has to obviously grip um, the road surface. So tires, and if you look at Formula One cars, they have very grippy tires to stick to the road. But um, that means that the, the tires don't last very long. If some, some tires and cars actually then um, are designed to last you a longer distance. But effectively what's happening is, currently the way the tires work is you simply you're slowly wearing out the, the rubber compound of the tire. So as you are driving, the tread is being worn away. So <clears throat> I'm not aware of something like this, but currently I, I can't think of something that's not going to wear out. I can't think of a tire that has a, a compound that as you're driving is not going to wear out. Um, so um, I'm not sure if that's dry or possible. Maybe it is. Maybe I just I don't know everything. So, But it, it doesn't make sense to me because as I drive, I am going to wear the tire. Some tires just last longer than others, so some tires you can get, let's say, as an example, 75,000 k's out of, if you really try, and other tires you only get 25,000 k's. Um, But then the 25,000 k's gives you lots of grip. So the tire, there's always a a lot of factors. Um, It's not only grip in the dry, it has to be grip in the wet. It's a type of driving you do if you're only driving on the road. The tread pattern is specifically designed for that. If you're going off-roading, you tend to have more of these knobbly designs that um, as the tire spins, it, it, it's the mud spins out. So there's a, a various factors that go into the design of the tire, and I'm not 100% sure if it's possible to have a tire, you're never going to replace it with because you are going to wear the rubber compound out as you drive it.
1: We may get well, to time not rubber we anymore, but, That's yeah. exactly it. Okay, we've got a question for you. Let's just go to it.
0: Good morning, Michelle. Good morning to Chef. I call him Chef because he helped us to save more on petrol, not petrol Head. First question to him, if you are driving and the traffic uh, is red, is it advisable to switch off your engine whilst waiting for it to turn green, then you move? And if you do that, does it save petrol or is best to leave the engine on? You understand? Secondly, what car would he recommend for us, especially now that uh, Ford keeps increasing, but salary still remain the same? Um, maybe you are driving only from work to home. Is Bramorrow in Bloemfontein?
1: Good question, Brahmara. Geez, yeah. I feel like I'm the same way as you. Like uh, petrol going up and our salaries. In fact, some of us, the salaries are going down because of inflation. So, yeah. is it worth your while to switch yeah. off your engine or does it cost uh, more, as uh, Bramorrow wants to know, to switch it back Sorry. on yeah. again?
0: So in theory, uh, while you're standing at the traffic light and the engine isn't running, you're not using fuel. That's the theory side of it. So that's why cars have a start-stop system. So the start-stop system switches off and on again. But the problem um, is, so if you have a built-in start-stop, start-stop system, it would make sense to use that. But yeah. if you have a normal car, you are going to wear out. The car isn't actually designed to go it, um, switch on and off and on and off the starter motor. So you actually, the cars that have a start-stop system actually have a starter motor that goes with that. And if you take a normal car, the starter motor isn't really designed for you. You time a traffic light to switch it on and switch it off and switch it on and switch it off. So I wouldn't suggest that. It does make a small difference. It doesn't make a huge difference. It does make a small difference. But um, I've, if I had a, the car with start-stop, I would use start system. The car without it, I wouldn't switch on and off for that reason that the starter motor isn't designed to go through so many cycles. Um,
1: the problem with the start-stop system is that it—it's um, it, not that like
0: it's you you, that. I hated. It. <laughs> <Here's laughs> it's just a terrible thing. Yep. Let's just be honest. It just yep. is a pain in the butt. In <laughs> facts, I understand what happens, but boy, it's like you. I switch it okay. off, and I think there's a lot of people that I go, yeah, they agree with me now. So I know I because the start-stop system—it
1: system, doesn't. It stops, and then you have to start. It's like it's. It doesn't. It's not smooth. If you know what I mean.
0: It's, yeah, it's painful. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like it. I understand why many factors are going that way, but I'm not a fan. Um, okay. So um, yeah, if a so, so a teacher, I forgot. So that's interesting. We did... just
1: so Nico, let's be. In, that's interesting because we just heard you. We heard Nico, the professional answering, and then we heard Nico, the personal <laughs> answering, and it was <laughs> a one eighty. D- d- it was yeah, it was a one eighty <laughs> degree shift. Okay. What about Morrow's second question? You've got two minutes. <laughs>
0: Well, you know what? Buy a car with a small engine. I buy a small car with a small engine. Um, the, uh, uh, if you really want to do, find a small little diesel car, that's going to be your best bet because they are very light on diesel, something like a 1.4 or 1.6 liter diesel. Um, otherwise, a small little turbo car. Nowadays, um, if you look at manufacturers' car, well, actually, it doesn't even have to be turbo. But the smaller the engine, the less fuel it's going to use. The turbo cars are extremely efficient. You, know, you get amazing performance for them. So, Buy a small little city car because that's going to win because they, they use very little fuel. They're easy to park. Um, and if you're not ever driving long distance, that's, gonna, you know, that's where I would go. You keep cars yeah. that are sort of in the middle, that they're small, small little turbo engines, but they're a little bit bigger. Um, so a smaller engine is going to make a big difference in your fuel consumption
1: for town. Okay, brilliant. So you're saying if you can get a car which has a turbo engine, but a small engine. I mean, there are cars with turbo engines which are like a 1.2-litre, which size? Like 1-litre. Th- you get three in 1-litre turbo engine. They're great. Those are really? so light on fuel. Yeah, they're, they're
0: light on fuel, but when you drive them, they feel like a 1.6 or 1.8. So that would be and those that, cars are actually amazing little city cars. Um, okay. Um, that's what I would go for. Okay. But it doesn't not have give to be turbo, because so many factories have non-turbo small engines that are actually still quite light on the field. But smaller engines are going to make a big difference.
1: And you're not mentioning any brands?
0: I'm not mentioning brands. There's lots lots of options and lots of good brands.
1: Guess what? Nico, go have yourself that hot water and lemon. It's 9 o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning.